Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where the discussion ranges from employee safety, environmental protection, policy creation, training methods, employee engagement, and everything in between. Your host is Dr. Mark French. As an industrial and organizational psychologist and certified safety professional, he's going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in EHS and how they impact our everyday workplace. Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Welcome to this episode. I'm your host, Mark, and again, this is all about how we lead safety first, how people are our key metric, and we protect our people. And by building that foundation of safety, we're then able to take our people and our processes and make them work for us. And that's that's why I do this podcast, and I guess also I love hearing myself talk. So here we are. Welcome to this episode. So happy that uh, you've chosen to join me. So let's get things started as we normally have over, uh, goodness, it's been a long time. And we're going to talk about COVID. So changes still going on. And it's very interesting to see the new dynamic that things are going through. So for one, healthcare has really ramped up again with the Supreme Court judges ruling that the ETS that was in place through OSHA could continue, that they could continue their journey to protecting the imminent dangers of the healthcare workers. A lot of hospitals and a lot of organizations related to long-term care and medical have doubled down on vaccination status. It Rightfully so, in some cases, we see that that is a prevention method that is out there, not going to get political because this has been too much used as a political platform anyway, so I don't even want to go there. But what I am seeing is such an interesting change and shift in different directions. So with the work that I'm currently doing, we do service work for various organizations, groceries, uh, healthcare, uh, any type of other organization, there's work there. And so I'm seeing a lot of different requirements and having to learn about a lot of different requirements. Many have been updating some of their policies to say that we need you to be vaccinated. Two shots, completely done, outside of the window of the two weeks afterward. But also now they're asking for a de- definite booster status, that if you're eligible, have you went and gotten that booster shot, which is a brand new change from the st- where we had been, where it was just looking at, are you looking at getting a vaccination? Are you coming on site? Will you be interacting with the general population to really taking a very definitive, very strong stance towards having to be vaccinated and with a booster, which is something brand new and something now that we're tracking and having to ask questions about more data to be gathered more administrative process within the organization to do that, which has 
certainly had his challenges. Uh, and I'm sure if you're with any other small organization that has limited amount of ability to collect that data and the people that can confidentially handle it and handle it appropriately and respond to any type of client or customer requests, it's been a burden. And it's been tough to gather the dime and the data and making sure everybody is validated and you're looking at it. Uh, it I cannot underestimate how many much time has been invested. On the opposite hand, I'm getting emails and notifications from other states and other organizations that basically if you're vaccinated, uh, just Again, the two shots or one shot if it was the Johnson and Johnson, but the two shots that were just basic vaccination, they're relaxing their indoor masking standards. So on one end, we have the healthcare industry that is really driving, 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 masking also with vaccination, also with booster. On the opposite hand, we're seeing it. So at one time, the whole a lot of the selling point, I think, of getting vaccinated was that you would be able to relieve yourself of the mask. And then as the vaccination rates didn't hit the mark that needed to happen, they reinstituted the masking standard for a lot of indoor environments. If you're flying, it's still there uh, because the contagion can transfer from the vaccinated to the unvaccinated. And the mask is that prevention step of making that airborne particle reduce. And so I'm seeing that by the end of by the end of this month, a lot of some organizations, very large organizations, are relaxing their indoor masking standards as long as you can provide proof of your vaccination. So, again, I have my I went on Amazon not to plug this this item, but there was a, a very thick laminated pouch that has a Ziploc top that you can open and close, but it's very heavy duty. My cards in it along with multiple photographs. I've got one in my Evernote account. I've got one of my photos. I use clear uh, or any other app that validates my vaccination stats and has a copy of my card. I've got that thing everywhere. It's like travel gold. Um, <laughs> so I, I keep very good care of it because it seems like that now we're getting to where Okay, I'm, I'm going to sound kind of callous here, and I don't mean to, but my original instinct with vaccination was, yes, it was to protect my family. It was to protect me, but I really just wanted to be able to show this badge and, and be able to go about my life. I wanted to not have to wear a mask. I wanted to be able to travel places. I wanted to become... I wanted to reintegrate into normal. And that's a big reason the selling point for me for vaccination was that I wanted to be able to go places and feel normal again without having to think about protocols and masking, especially. I mean, I'm used to wearing a respirator. I can wear a respirator. I've been in the medical field. I know about masking and face shields, um, but not in my real world. I didn't want to do it all. I mean, that's why I didn't do that a lot. I uh, wanted to be back in the normal world. And so not to sound callous, but that was a big reason for me to do the vaccinations uh, was one of the big, there, there's good reasons too, but that was one of the reasons that I chose personally. And I'm being vulnerable here to say that, that I just wanted to get back to normal as fast as I could. And if I could go shopping and someday I hope to fly be on an airplane again and not have to be actively eating or drinking to take my mask off, that sweaty thing that I change out as frequently as I can, I, I want to get back to normal. 
And it's good to see that maybe we're on that trend again to some large organizations that that have a, a large workforce are beginning to move that direction, and also smaller ones too. So uh, within different organizations, we're looking at that again, is that, okay, vaccinated may be able to relax the masking standard versus having to be masked all the time, which would be just absolutely fantastic. I would enjoy that a whole lot. And, but so the complexity now is balancing all of these requirements and they're now they're changing so fast again that it's hard to keep up. And as an, a safety person or someone in HR that's having to look at this data, it, it is very complicated and it is very time intensive. And to keep tracking your team, where are you in your vaccination? Are you planning to? Please go to it sooner than later if you're planning to. Are you going to get boosted now is the new question is when are you eligible? Are you going to do it? Do you want to do it? We want to provide time for you to do it. We want to encourage you to do it. But we also want to be flexible that if you don't want to, we want to make sure that we have the accommodation in place and that we're treating everyone uh, in a fair and consistent manner. Oh, it's a mouthful. And I am certainly ready to be past it. So as we come back after the break, we'll talk more about leading through safety and the people side of safety. So we will be back in just a moment with more leading and learning through safety podcast. You've got a friend in the safety business. Who wants to help your team work safer? The safety dude. Who wants to help your leadership engage through safety? Again, the safety dude. Who is there to take your safety systems to the next level? That's right, the safety dude. Who has the knowledge and skill to drive safety ownership? You know it, the safety dude. So who is the safety dude? Dr. Mark French is an experienced and credentialized safety professional with a focus on the organizational psychology of your company. You can find a safety dude at TSD Amalgamated Safety Consulting, where he is ready to focus on your team's safety. www.tsdamalgamated.com. And welcome back to the second half of our Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Thank you for joining me. Again, I cannot say that enough. Uh, this podcast to me is a great labor of love, and the fact you're joining me for it is warming and, and appreciative, so thank you. Again, we look at how do we lead through safety? How is that when we look at how we drive people, we begin with that organizational idea of safety? So before I jump too much further, I do want to make another shameless plug for myself and also a really neat organization. The ATSSA, their conference is going to be starting in about a day down in Tampa, Florida. Very excited to be there. Sunday is my day in the morning. I will be talking about creating motivation for adult learning. How do we encourage our team as they're working in traffic in those high hazard industries where, you know, we're out there with the public and there's some very good drivers out there. And there are some drivers that absolutely scare me, uh, to a very, very high degree. 
But we're going to talk about how we encourage our team to open up to safety and that motivation to learn about safety and the motivation to want to be trained more about safety. So I'll be talking on Sunday. I'm really, really looking forward to that. It's going to be a great event. I'm also... I'm fairly new to like traffic safety and having workers on the side of the road or working in areas where there's public traffic. I'm very interested. I've got a whole, I've got my list set up of other speakers I'm going to go see in the expo center to learn more. Uh, I have a lot to learn. I know generally as speaking about safety and that motivational and how we can do that universally, but I'm really looking forward to seeing some of the technical skills that are out there, some of the programs and devices that we can help to improve the safety of our team. So it's a very exciting weekend coming up. I am uh, really pumped about this. And if you're there, if you're a listener or reader of my blog, say hi. Let me know. Love to meet face to face, maybe uh, while wearing masks, but uh, looking forward to being there and speaking So hope you'll, uh, if you're there, I look forward to that. So I want to move to a different topic altogether. This week was such an exciting week for me. uh, And I'm I'm still kind of in shock a little bit and, and very humbled and very honored that the organization that I'm working for has asked me to step into a new role of their chief human resources officer. I do have a background in HR. Uh, early in my safety career, I was working under an HR manager for a few of my jobs. And with that role, once the safety side of things was smoother-ish, <laughs> that's probably the good word, I would help out in HR. I did uh, some hiring, some interviews, was even interim HR manager for a little while at one organization. Really great connection between safety and HR were one we're under the Department of Labor. We're, we're together. And with that, the laws are, are similar, they're different, but they tie together. There's a lot of time, almost like lacing up your shoestrings. You kind of start at the base with the Department of Labor and you crisscross a lot. And you're really one item and you're all focused on what? Service to people service to your organization. We want to provide the right people, the right tools, the right motivation, the right people impact to our organization. And we want to protect our people, engage our people, educate our people, train our people. A lot of similarities. And I've seen that throughout my career. And I am excited to be stepping into a role to shape the overall vision and process for the entire HR organization, which is now HR and HSE. It's basically the people side of the organization, all things people related. How do we hire? How do we train? How do we maintain our legal compliance and all the ways in the Department of Labor that we have to maintain our legal compliance? And this really got me thinking of all the times that I've had to cross over as a safety professional into the HR realm, FMLA, can run concurrently with workers' compensation. Workers' compensation is a great tie-in to HR and safety from a payroll standpoint to how we litigate to how we manage it. It's all people, and it's all very important. And I want to encourage that if you are a safety person or if you're an HR person and and you're listening in to hear more about the people stuff, thank you, (laughs) I think there is such an integrated value that HR and safety really should be a strong partnership. Have I always been perfect at bridging that partnership? 
not always. Sometimes I was better than others. There's been some organizations that I can think back to, and the HR manager and I were partners. The HR specialists and generalists and I were partners. And we worked together. We, we did a lot of things together to make some very good improvements. And it was fun. And it worked very well. And there were times that I should have reached out that olive branch a whole lot more. I should have extended it. And I should have been more active and open to help. And there were times I even think of that where I did reach out the olive branch and it was slapped clean out of my hand and burned, (laughs) which is, it happens. We all think that we have our jobs and we all want to fulfill them the best way we can. And I think that's where having an organizational vision is so important because without that vision, And to say that, you know what, all of our people, our goal is to take care of our people. Well, if that's the case, we have that bridge we can build based on that vision, based on that ability for us to work together to accomplish that similar goal of making sure we've equipped our people. So let's look at Maslow. My favorite reference for the baseline philosophy, psychology of why. Safety should be vital to your organization. The very fundamental of human motivation is the need, that classic desire, food, water, shelter. We provide that in modern day. We don't have to go out and build it. We don't have to find uh, uh, woods and, and build our home or build that that shelter of some form and then hunt and gather for food. We do that through going to work by having a job or earning money. From that, we pay for rent. We pay for food. We, we pay for our electricity and water and sewer. That's the way we do it in this realm. And so we've met that fulfillment of need by having a job. The next one is safety and you have to feel safe. And we go back to that very early thought of where did this motivation come from in a primitive human mind of hunter gatherer. And safety truly meant like, I don't want to stick my neck out there and get it chopped off, or I don't want to get hurt by a wild animal or let the, the elements get to me. Same thing in the workplace. We provide those safety precautions in the workplace to create that motivation for human need. It's only after someone feels safe that they will become a team, that they will look for recognition, that they will become active problem solvers. And those are the other key features that really HR looks at for development. So we begin that base. We've hired someone. We've created the base, human resources. We then create safety. We want to provide them that safe workplace, safety. And then finally, we go back into the human resources traditionally of growth and development and teamwork. Such a great integration. And I am just excited. I'm pumped to be part of it and doing it. And I know that's going to probably change the way that I develop my philosophy. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun as we take this journey together. So again, looking forward to ATSSA coming up and starting in a day or so. Very excited. And until next time that we chat, stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the conversation on the web at www.thesafetydude.org. 
All opinions expressed on the program are solely the view of the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.